Well, hi, my name is Robert Bradford, and I am a teaching pastor here at The Grove. And we are currently doing a series about changing the climate in our lives. And basically what we've done is we've taken this, you know, meteorologist kind of approach to relationships and our own personal climate and, and just for a working definition of climate. A climate is, is the weather conditions prevailing in an area um, or over a long period of time, in an area in general, over a, or over a long period of time. And basically, it's, you know, we, we have a climate here in Santa Fe. Um, you can kind of see it in the background. That's how it looks sometimes, right? Cloudy. Um, and we the, the climate, um, we talked about last week that our climate, when we, I'm sorry, when we talk about relationships and we apply the concept of climate to relationships, our relationships have a climate. Um, so everybody knows, you know, that there are times where mom is stormy, right? Um, our, our wife or our girlfriend or the teacher or whoever it is, they, they, there are storm clouds. You can't see them, but you can see it in their face. And it's that concept of climate in terms of our marriage, our friendships have a climate, our college uh, fr- uh Classmates and teachers, etc. They have their climate. Um, our spouse, if you're married, they have a climate, you know. And there's a climate to that relationship. And last week we talked about the climate. The key principle is the climate will dictate the forecast. The climate you can, t- if you know, if you're grumpy in that relationship, and there's grumpiness in that, it's pretty easy to say that the, to to predict the forecast that it's you know cloudy with a chance of thunderstorms right because that's that's how it works and uh, that was our 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 key principle and eric talked about last week he said you know as we look forward to 2016 if nothing changes in our relationships if nothing changes in our climate um 20 this is profound i know 2016 will look a lot like 2050 Right, because two and two is always four, and unless a two decides to go crazy and become a three, your your answer your your answer will always be four. Your situation will always be that type of climate. And so he gave us this crazy challenge. So I thought it was crazy, by the way, Eric, um, to ask three people this question: What is it like to be on the other side of me? What is it like to be on the other side of me? And I did this. So, you know, I asked somebody, I asked someone, um, and they said, well, I really don't know you that well. <laughs> I really don't know you that well. I'm like, you know, we've known each other for like six or eight years. The try, okay, kind of, you know, oh, oh, you know, then they understood the question better, I guess. You know, and they had some feedback. It wasn't bad. It wasn't necessarily good that you know just how i seem to them blah 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 i asked another person um who i know really well a good friend really good friend and uh they you know the comments were positive so what i know i was scared i did how many of you own up how many of you did this challenge couple good yeah see all of the rest of you you still have work to do okay you need to do this now, because after I got all this decent and great feedback, I asked my wife. You know, and it was such a funny thing because I asked 
you know, I asked these guys, and they're like, well, uh, let me see. Laurie was like, boom. <laughs> you know, You've been really grumpy lately. That's what she said. You know, and part of the task is, is to um, think about, you know, not defend. Okay, honey. Okay. You know, so I thought about it, you know, and I've had a lot of things going on, a lot of stress at work, big projects have to be done by the end of the year, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, she's, she's right. I've been grumpy. So I apologize for being grumpy. She said, I forgive you, and could you knock it off? I said, whatever. She said, whatever, whatever, you know. So No, we didn't have that. But she, she did encourage me to quit. So, so, uh, so anyway, this, this was our challenge last week. If you haven't done it, you really should do this. I mean, I know it's scary. There's a couple of people I didn't ask because I was kind of sure what that would look like. Still working up the courage to do that, but you need to you need to do that uh, because that will help you change your climate. And the last part of our challenge was to to then ask God the same and to take that time in prayer. We're doing prayer and fasting this uh, right now. It's 21 days, a great opportunity to take that time today. Today we're going to talk about. Um, this climate from a different perspective. And, and what I want to talk about is a concept that um, has to do with the fact that we bring a climate, right? Our creative team did these for me. It's cool. I love our creative team. So um, we all have this climate and we all come with a climate, you know, and some of us, some of us, you know, we see that person coming who to, you know, and then it's like, you know, hopefully they don't see us and we're like, oh my gosh. And I'm sorry, excuse me. Find me, find me. Excuse me, find me. Excuse me, find me. Hey, is, is this your coffee? You sure? It needs some cream. Yeah, definitely. Some cream. Unless you had a donut, I guess. So, oh, so we all come with a climate, and we all want to keep our climate, you know, because it's so important to have a, because some people can really affect your climate, and that's how it is. So, you know, it's it's that aspect of, of we all come with a climate, and in the meteorologist terminology, um, they call this uh, topography. And topography is basically the physical or natural features of an object or entity and their structural relationships. In other words, um, in an area where they consider it to have a climate, like Santa Fe, we have mountains. Um, they call it a river. I call it a stream. You know, there's some foresty stuff. It'd be nice if we had a beach <laughs> that wasn't too, that actually had an ocean in front. We have lots of beach, but no ocean, right? So we have this, we have that topography. I keep saying topology because that's something we do in IT all the time. So if I get them mixed up, just go with topography. So that's topography is that that underlying thing that that total completely affects an area's climate. 
I experienced this when I was driving. I drove my mom um, partway home. My sister met me in Holbrook yesterday. So I drove to Holbrook and back. It was so interesting because coming out of Santa Fe, snow everywhere on the roads, on the I mean, everywhere. You get outside of Albuquerque and like there's no snow. I mean, a little bit in the shadows here and there, nothing. Coming up on Grants, snow everywhere. You know, and I can see the mountain range and why, you know, how the topography is affecting, you know, the wind as it's coming through, creating the moisture and, you know, so it snows and that. And then nothing until Gallup. Again, tons of snow everywhere. So if we take this and apply it to ourselves and the fact that we all come, we all come with our own climate, um, we can see you can maybe... um, extract from this that the mountains might be some walls that you've put up, right? You might have some valleys, even some chasms from some really bad experiences, maybe some emotional scars in your topography that affect. And and the, the concept is this, is that when we've experienced these things and it, it shapes our topography and that will absolutely have everything to do with shaping our climate. And what I want to talk about today is one very specific thing that affects everybody in this room. We've all experienced this one thing, and it's, it, it, and it's, the, it's the thing that it, we can go from sunny to a blizzard in a moment. You know, we, we can be having the best day in the world, and then this, something happens, and this rises up, and the, because of, it's in a part of our topography, Boom, we are, you know, headed for the worst day of our lives or a bad day or certainly a day we regret or don't want or wish would never have occurred. And, and that, that's what I want to talk about today because topography, the topography of our climate um, affects, um, affects our climate. Our topography affects our climate. Can you go to the next slide for me? Yeah. This is what I was trying to say. Our topography is the lead influencer in our climate. It's the lead influencer in our climate. And the the key uh, topography area that that I'm going to talk about today is this. It's insecurity. It's insecurity. Okay, it's that thing when that person comes in the office, they come, you're in a meeting, they come in the room, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that they were invited to this meeting. All right, and, and instantly you, you feel that sense of insecurity because they're the person at work who always gets it right. You know, they're the student that the teacher loves who always gets it right. They're the perfect mom, you, you know, she's calling on the phone, you're looking at your phone and, and you know she's going to say, hey, do you want to go to McDonald's with the kids? Like, and all her kids match and all that, and she's all glamored up and you're like, I'm still in my sweats and a tank top, you know, and your kids are like, their hairs, you know, right? It's all these insecurities come up, okay? Every one of us, faces insecurity. And some of it comes from when we were a kid. You know, we were told we weren't good enough. In fact, here's some, here's some key concepts about, about us, people, humans, when we face insecurity. All right? First, it's the most common emotional problem 
Um, secondly, the uh, psychologist will tell you it results from low confidence and low self-esteem. I'm going to challenge some of that. Um, the, it, we feel socially inadequate. Um, typically, it's, it's, it causes us to worry about what people think. You know, what do they think about me? That concern. They want to be liked and they'll go out of their way to please others because they don't want people to be mad at them or upset with them. Um, Insecure people often compare themselves to others to see how they stack up. Um, We've all done that, right? How we stack up because of a perceived competition, right? So culture says, I did some study, hit some websites. Every single website that I I looked on for how how to cure insecurity Every one of them had this aspect to it. They said self-esteem is the cure for insecurity. I don't agree with that. I just, that's just not my experience. And I mean, you've all seen Barbara Walters, right? She's the lady that does the interviews with all the people who should have all the esteem in the world. You know, they're you know, they've got the tight abs and that, you know, they were the sports star and they've, you know, won the championship and, you know, are they the, the major model or the, the movie actress, whatever. What happens like mid-interview? They're crying, right? They're tearing up and, right, because they're talking about how hard it is to maintain all of that. They, they, they feel put on a, a pedestal and they, they have to achieve all of these. I mean, these people should have all of the esteem. I mean, none of us were interviewed on Barbara Walters, right? I mean, these people should, they should, if self-esteem cures insecurity, these people should be in the best possible, I mean, no insecurities, but there they are, Barbara, Barbara Walters with all their insecurity hanging out and uh, for everybody to see. And that, that's because, my opinion, that's because self Self-esteem is not the cure for insecurity. It's just not. In fact, I, I went to the Bible because the Bible is my guide. I went to the Bible, you know, doing some looking, checking. You know what? The Bible doesn't say that self-esteem is a cure for insecurity either. It doesn't. Anywhere that I looked. If you find it, let me know. Actually, what I found was there's a letter that Paul, the apostle, he's one of the Early church leaders, uh, in fact, wrote a lot of the New Testament part of section of the Bible, set a bunch of the letters to the churches at that time. And one of the churches was in Philippi, um, and his letter's called, you know, Letter to the Philippines. Uh, Philipp- Philippines. I wish it was that, but it wasn't. It was the Philippians. I didn't say topography or topology, did I? <clears throat> Philippians, I think that's where we were. So he wrote this letter, and, and basically this is what he says. He's talking about the fact that some people are boasting in, the, in the, what he calls it in the flesh, which basically is kind of a self-esteem thing. I've done all these things right. I'm the man, that type of thing. He says, though, though I myself have reasons for such confidence, right? calls it self-esteem and confidence, self-confidence, if someone else thinks they have reason to, to put confidence in the flesh, that's self-esteem, I have more. Critic, uh, circ- and, and so he was circumcised on the eighth day. That's a big, big deal in his time frame. Um, of the people of Israel, God's chosen people, 
um, of the tribe of Benjamin. So he knows what tribe he's from, and, and that's a big deal. Hebrew of the Hebrews. In regard to the law, which was kind of the self-esteem checker of the day, um, he was a, a Pharisee. As for zeal, he persecuted the church. But what Paul is saying is like, you know, I was, I was the man. I, I did all of these things. I won the Super Bowl. I, you know, have all the, you know, billion dollars in the bank. I've been in, you know, 50 movies. I mean, whatever you want to bring the analogy together. Paul is saying, I have done all of that kind of stuff. No one can boast more than me of all you guys, all you people there. And, but this is what he says in the next verse. He says, but whatever regains to me, I now consider loss. For the sake of Christ. So all these things that, that he's talking about, I should, I should be, feel really secure in myself because I've accomplished all of these things. He's saying that's, it's, no. I consider all of that loss. In fact, he says further, what's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I, I have lost all these things. I consider them, you hear this, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, my own self-worth list, my own self-esteem list, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God based on faith, on the basis of faith. So here's what Paul is saying. Self-esteem is not the cure for insecurity. You can read that based on what he said. It's a logical conclusion. Something else is. So follow the... I know this is profound logic that I'm going to share with you right now. Okay? So when you think about insecurity, we're talking about the fact that basically what insecurity is is the fear of rejection. It's a fear that I won't be accepted. There's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. So if security comes from the fear of being unaccepted, then isn't acceptance the cure for insecurity? Isn't it? So self-esteem is not really going to help me. I mean, it's a lot of self-acceptance, but I'm still putting myself, there's still all of these people who don't accept me. And I'm still running that battle between, well, they should or whatever, but still that person, they come in the room. And, and, and insecurity is per pervasive. It, it gets tied to, because it's fear-based, it gets tied to decisions we're trying to make. You know, we, we, we attach all this fear and we, 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 we get locked up in what we're trying to do. Because and that's when the storms come, our climate changes. And people are talking about us like, yeah, they're really insecure. And I don't really want to work with that person because, you know, it can be all sunny in a moment. And then something happens. I don't know what, because they don't know. Boom. You know, it's a thunderstorm. <clears throat> and the issue is that we are, we are, we are locked up in insecurity because of this fear of, of not being accepted. And Paul is basically saying this, this, because I put my faith in Jesus, I'm accepted. I'm accepted. Remember he said, in him, 
in Christ, God fully, wholly, unconditionally accepts me. When I put my faith in Christ, I am fully, completely, unconditionally accepted. I I don't need the self-esteem thing. I mean, that's important. There's an importance to that. You know, I'm not saying don't have self-esteem. I'm just saying that's not going to cure your insecurities. Acceptance is the cure for insecurity. Paul's, Paul, just a little bit later in this letter, he, he, he says it this way. And this is, a, this is a passage of scripture we've heard forever. If you're a Christian, you've heard this forever. Um, and it's this, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and here's the truth, okay? We focus on the fact, uh, we focus on the first part of the verse, I can do all things. You know, and I, the, the one guy, you know, he, he used to write that on a piece of paper and stick it in his sock before the basketball game. You know, just as a reminder, I'm out there. You see the big, you know, like the, the Christian football, uh, Christian high school's football team, you know, they're going to bust through the paper. What does it say on the paper? I can do all things through Christ. You know, who strengthens me? You know, Philippians, you know, 413. You know, and this verse, I think, should be written a little bit differently. When I get to heaven, I'll talk to Paul about this. All right, right now, I think he doesn't care. Um, but I'll mention it, right? Uh, you can go with me, Mix. We'll talk to him together. And, uh, but really, if I could rearrange the verse, I would have written it this way. I would say, through Christ. Through Christ who gives me strength, I can do all things. Because here's, the, here's what Paul has been saying. When he's saying, you know, I could boast in the flesh, I could have all the self-esteem in the world, but it's pointless because where I gained my acceptance was through Christ. When I put my faith in Christ, God fully and completely, unconditionally accepted me. He accepts me. So, so I, you know... I don't have all of that crazy. I, I, when I'm dealing, when that person comes in the room, because I deal with this, okay? Let me just share with you. I work for this guy. His name is Peter. And hopefully he never listens to this, but he might. His name is Peter, okay? Peter's got probably, in the business, he probably has 10, maybe 15 years on me in the IT business. This guy is so smart. And he's sharp. And he thinks quickly. He's one of those people who has a comeback right away. Like I have it like two days later. He has it right away. Oh, I should have said this. No, he has that. And, and we would get on these calls. I started working for him, you know, in the last few years. And we'd get on these calls. And we'd be on, I would get a call after the call. And he would say, why did you say that? And we'd have this discussion about what I said and why. You know, and I'm thinking it was fine. And then he would explain to me why it wasn't. You know, and some of it was just educational. But what it taught me is not to talk during the meeting. <laughs> you know, I'm just not saying nothing. You know, and, and when he's on a call, when he would come on the call, that insecurity would pop up for me. And I feel this fear, rejection. I work for him. He can fire me. I mean, all that. You know, 
when we take this concept and we say, I'm accepted by God, I can actually be present in this moment. And I I don't have to worry about his accepting me or not accepting me. God got me this job. He can get me another job. What I really need to do is learn what this guy is saying because I can learn from him. He's really smart. But when I'm locked up in fear and insecurity, I can't. So when I settle into the acceptance that I've received through Christ, I can do it. And acceptance is a cure for insecurity. And when, when, I, feel, when I remember my acceptance, when I re- remember that the God who created everything, heavens and the earth, the universe, accepts me, man, I, I'm, my climate's much more sunny. You know, and I'm able to do, deal with a lot more things. You know, what if, what if you, we took the time, you took the time to walk this road of understanding the acceptance, which is basically this. Jesus came to this earth. He went and died on the cross for all of our sins, every single one, even the ones you think he couldn't possibly forgive. He took those to the cross and died. And basically he could do that because he died. He paid the full penalty of any sin I can ever commit. And when he did that on my behalf, we traded places. So when I look in the mirror, I see me. You see you when you look in the mirror. When God looks at me, he sees Jesus. Everything that Jesus did that was, he was supposed to do, all of, the, all of the works God gave him, he did everything he was supposed to do, and yet he traded places with me. And so I gained his full, whole, unconditional acceptance by our Father in heaven. Right? When I can walk in that, recognize that, all this fear, all these that all that all that stuff melts, you know. God fills in all those caverns, all those scars, all that stuff, and you know maybe I can have a beach in my topography, you know, a place where I can relax in the sun and know that God loves me unconditionally through Christ, who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ. I'm accepted. So here's the challenge. I'm actually early, which is a record. Someone should write that down. I want to take, let's take three minutes, okay? Everybody has a phone, probably. Y'all have a phone? Everybody have their smartphone? If you don't have your phone, do you have a pen and a paper? If you don't have a pen, use your hand and, a, and your finger, okay? <laughs> okay? Open up your notes app on your phone, and I'm going to give you some silence here. I'm not even going to play music, okay? It's just going to be dead silence, which will be awkward for those of you who are not comfortable with silence. But just hang in there, okay? Um, I want you to take a minute, three minutes, maybe two minutes. I'll give you two minutes, okay? on your phone, and I want you to take this challenge. I want you to write a thank you letter, a thank you note, 
to the Lord right now. Thank him for his unconditional acceptance of you. Okay? So, you know, you're all ready to do that, but I need to pause you for one second because maybe there's somebody here who hasn't, doesn't have that relationship with God. I mean, maybe you haven't had this substitution thing where, where Jesus, you, well, I'll say it this way, you haven't put your faith in what Jesus did for you. Right? Because when Jesus died on the cross, he died for everybody. It's up to us to say, you know what, I want in. I want in on that. I want all my sins to be forgiven. And you have that opportunity right here, right now. And it's very simple. You just... We're going to, I'll lead you in a prayer where we talk to God. And basically what you're saying to God is, is very simple. It's very simple. It is this. <laughs> I want in. I want in, God. And, you know, forgive me of my sins. Allow Jesus to take my place. And, and, and I want in, God. I want to be on your team. I want to be, I want that relationship to begin with with you so that I can experience that unconditional acceptance. So I'm going to, if some of you want to start writing, go for it. I'm going to lead you uh, in a prayer though. So if we could, if we could actually have everybody bow your head and close your eyes or focus on your phone, if you're typing. If you want in, you want that relationship with Christ where you can express with Jesus, with God, the Father. You want that experience of acceptance. Would you just lift your hand? Awesome. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anyone else? There's one more. Maybe you're you're struggling with the whole thing. Yeah, there you go. God God loves you. God loves you. He loves every one of us. And what he wants is that relationship with you because God has things for you to do. He wants to partner with you and walk with you and, and, and take you down a road of, of enjoyment and enjoying him and that relationship. Man, imagine what we could do if we would let God be the author and finisher of our faith. If we would let him work in us and we could ex- find that acceptance. So if you raise your hand right now, I want to lead you in a prayer. And and so just repeat after me. And if the, the rest of you, if you would chime in just so it's there's more of us. Just repeat after me the, these words and mean them from your heart. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I know they are many. But I know you died for every single one of them. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. I ask God that you would save me. Allow Jesus' sacrifice to cover my sins. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's so good. Praise the Lord. So you just started on this. You just started on this path. And you, as you sit right now, as you're sitting right there right now, 
you are wholly, completely, unconditionally accepted. God accepts you. And he loves you. And all the stuff you're holding against yourself, all the stuff that you think he's been holding against you, all of it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. You have to let your side, your stuff go that you're holding against yourself because God actually forgave you of all of that. And what he wants from you is you. He wants that relationship with you so that he can, he can be a part and be with you. Right? I mean, imagine what we can do if we saw ourselves as God sees us. And we have two things. One is the Bible. It's free out there. If you don't have a Bible, you need a Bible. There's a Bible out there. If you prayed that prayer, actually, whether or not you did or not, this book is out there free as well. Ten Steps Toward Christ. And basically, this book will help you understand this relationship that you've just begun with God. That's awesome. All right. So we have a few minutes still. Three minutes. So if you haven't written your letter, I want you to just take a moment right now and write a thank you letter to the Lord and just thank him for his unconditional acceptance. All right. Some of you are still writing. Feel free to keep writing. Um, feel free to take this home tonight. You know, when you when you're climbing in, into bed tonight, you got you know you're done for the day and all that. You know, take this out, reread it, write more if you want. But just truly express the fact that that everything you've done, all your mistakes, all that stuff, all all the things that have weighed on you, that fuel fuel your insecurities, are gone. You are accepted by God the Father, and, and what He wants is to to begin that relationship with you, to walk with you, where these things aren't consistently interfering. Right. If we could see ourselves how God sees us, we could do what God says. It wouldn't be a hindrance. It wouldn't be that fear of, you know, I'm going to screw this up. I, I just know I mean, whatever God was telling me to do, I'm gonna, I'll miss it. I've had people tell me, I'm just afraid I'm going to miss God. I've had people tell me, I, 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 you know, if anybody's going to screw this up, it's me. You know, that, that's just your fear and your insecurity speaking. God is fully confident in his own ability to get you where you need to be, right? You're working with God, right? God is the one you're working with. Best partner ever, right? He wants, to, he wants you to do it. He wants to take you down that road. And when I, when I come off this, this stage here, you know, as a public speaker, I can, I'm already thinking about several mistakes I made while I was talking. You know, and I could just let that ruin me and never get up here again. You know, but I think you got the overall point and hopefully God distracted you enough that maybe you didn't notice. And if you did, maybe you'll just overlook it. But really, none of that matters to me. Because when I walk off here, I did what God told me to do. I prepared all week to do this to communicate this to the best of my ability. And I am accepted whether I did well or not. And that gives me such peace because God loves me. 
God loves you and he wants to be in a relationship with you that changes your climate. Amen? Amen. At this time in the service, we um, receive an offering. We pass the buckets and that just empowers us to continue to do the things that we're doing, continuing to impact our culture around us. And if you're you're new here, please, you know, no need to, you know, no pressure. Don't feel like you need to give anything. Um, the offering really is for people who call us their home. And this is their church, and they love what's happening here, and they really want to see it continue. Um, and that's why we do this, is to, to invest so that we can continue to impact our culture. So I'll just pray over that, and these guys will pass the buckets to the side, and then... Um, and then we'll be dismissed, okay? Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to give. Lord, you've given so much to us. You've done so much for us. And Lord, you ask so little of us. So Father, take this little that we give. Take what we give and bless it, bless it, bless it, God, so that we can continue to help people with all the things that's going on in their lives, Father, that, that helps them connect to you, Lord, so that you can be that person the one that helps them in their life, in their future, for eternity. In your name, amen. Amen. As they pass those buckets to receive the offering, thank you guys for giving online and giving at Facebook.